You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, I hope you really enjoyed last week's episode. We had have had a huge reaction to it, um, both in terms of charts, in terms of reviews, and just general feedback. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's great to see you got so much from it. And there will be a second episode with Jerry uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Get your homework done, and then we'll bring him back in to pick his brains about more kind of tips for you as well. For this week's episode, I wanted to talk nutrition, exercise, and lifestyle, but specifically in the context of shift workers who have to be honest, anytime we do a Q&A on Instagram, even in terms of the show and the emails that we get through here, shift work comes up time and time and time again. And we wanted to work hard to find the best expert to come in and give you tips that we can find out what the best way is to stay healthy when you work shift work. It is really hard. You're trying to take all the boxes between work, family, and keeping yourself fit and healthy. But today's guest, who is an emergency paramedic and former competitive athlete, knows exactly how hard it can be and has a solution and most of all the advice to be your best, even when you're slogging through really hard shifts. Debbie O'Reilly, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thanks, Carol. Thanks very much for having me here today. How's it going? I'm good. Thank you. You came all the way up from Tipperary to join us. Thank you very much. I did. A little bit of a speed wobble on the way with the snow, but we made it. <laughs> you got up in one piece, which is great. <laughs> um, before we get into shift work, I want to talk about you a little bit. Uh, people, I know I certainly did. I know people I think will, will might remember you from Special Forces Ultimate Hell Week. You were recruit number 22, weren't you? That's correct. Tell us a little bit about that. It looked epic on screen. To say it was tough is an understatement. Uh, you made it all the way through to day five. Tell us about it? What was the hardest bit what, and what was your experience of it? It was the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, hands down. I haven't come across anything tougher in my 31 years. Um, it was as raw and uncut. Everything you saw was as it was. There was no um, start, stopping and restarting cameras or anything like that. It was literally just from the time we got on the, off the bus, it was it was go, go, go. Um, extremely physically challenging, as you, as you can imagine, but um, psychologically challenging. That was the I suppose that was the, the the number one aspect of it, um, pushing yourself physically and mentally to the limit and, and beyond your, your limitations at, at times. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would do it again. Um, but it was definitely the, the the toughest thing I've ever done. And of all the challenges that you did, what was the hardest one? Was there one in particular, particular that stands out? Uh, for me, I think the claustrophobia challenge on my my second last day was was the toughest. Um, that was a real battle uh, with my uh, with my mind. Um, I did want to quit, but to be fair, the um, DS pushed me and. Um, I suppose I, I trusted them so much when they told me that everything would be fine and just to get on and get it done. I, I put all my, I suppose, safety into their hands and just got in and, and mm. did it. I was definitely imp I impressed myself there. I thought that would and be... Talk us through that. For any of our listeners who didn't see it, talk us through the challenge and why, why it was so hard. That challenge, um, I suppose after four days of virtually no sleep, um, nutrition manipulation and uh, physical exhaustion, um, that challenge was in the middle of the night. Um, we were brought out and we were blindfolded and manhandled and brought over to um, a kind of a pit, a, a wet marshy pit and thrown into it. And um, the uh, 
mask was taken off and there was a black hole that I could barely see. And um, what they didn't show on TV was they tied our legs together. Um, now that was done for a safety aspect. If you had a, a panic attack in, in the middle of the pipe um, that they could pull you back, but they didn't show that. So um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. They basically said, get in and start crawling. I looked in and I couldn't see the end. So I panicked and I said, no way, uh, bear in mind, <laughs> there was snow everywhere. It was um, freezing temperatures um, and all the other things we spoke about. So I said, I'm done here. <laughs> this is it. I'm going home to my warm bed. But um, the, the, the DS um, was there and he really uh, got into my head and um, told me everything will be fine. So in I popped and started crawling with my arms. And I just remember hearing what I thought was rat noises. But now I, I know from looking back that it was a cameraman just that I could not see in front of me. And it was his runner squeaking. So there was just all sorts of emotion going through your head. And you, although you were only in it for about six to eight minutes, to be honest with you, it wasn't the physical aspect of it. It was just completely psychological. Um, and to get through that, I, I was really, I suppose, proud of myself. That was a, a big self-achievement there. And have you always been someone who's pushing their limits? Uh, I know in, in terms of your sports background, you know, you, you performed at a really high level. You like to push the boundaries in terms of physical and kind of mental mental fitness. I suppose for me, I find it hard to just go to the gym and exercise. Uh, I need a goal and I suppose most people do, whether it's their first 5K, a marathon, Ironman, whatever it may be. Um, I, uh, the competitive side has, has been there since... I was a teenager. Um, I, I struggled with my weight growing up in school um, and then found my love of competitive sports and that really, really helped drive me on. Um, but yeah, I'm always looking for the next challenge. So um, when I saw the application for Ultimate Hellbike, someone actually emailed it to me. I said, yeah, I'll give this a go. Um, and my reason was to, to see how far I could push myself. I, I, I wasn't at my fittest going into it, but I don't think... That mattered. I was fit enough to complete challenges. It was, was where are you mentally strong enough? You know, that was the, the big thing. You're an, an emergency paramedic. That's got to be <laughs> for my sins. Tough, <laughs> tough job on lots of levels. Not, and we'll come to the ship work in a minute, but just in terms of not just again mental, physical components is pushing your boundaries on a daily basis. I would imagine. Yeah, it, the job is tough, but as I say, you know, it, you have to have character to be to be in the job. Um, there are pros and cons to the job. I thoroughly enjoy it. I love it. I can't see myself doing anything else right now. Although I love the nutrition and wellness and, and fitness aspect of things as well. Um, it's an extremely challenging but rewarding job. And of course, in terms of shift work then, it is something that is so difficult for people in terms of health and wellness, in terms of weight gain, in terms of poor sleep, in terms of life management. Because your routine is, and I'm a, um, I'm a creature of routine. I love habit and structure. Yeah. So shift work would not work for me whatsoever. But it, it's very difficult. And we see so many requests of people coming in. How do I manage my health? How do I eat uh, at the end of a shift? How do I manage my exercise? How do I sleep? What's my, how do I kind of come down after a shift? Let's begin with some really simple tips from your perspective in terms of, of from what you've seen, from what you've done yourself and how you've, you know, the best way I, th I always think of people uh, in terms of learning is to go through the process. And you've very much done that in nine years in the job. You've, you, you've, you've dealt with and learned your way through it. Let's start with some really simple tips for people, how they can improve their health in around the shift work. So the biggest thing um, when I speak to people is uh, their sleeping patterns. Mm -hmm. Are they getting enough sleep? Um, anyone who does shift work is going to struggle with sleep. Uh, one third of people who um, 
working a shift work, uh, sleep less than six hours during their, their working week. So if they're doing three 12 hour shifts, they're, um, they sleep roughly less than six hours a night, which, which as we know, isn't enough. The optimal is seven to nine hours, um, seven being probably a more realistic age for, for shift workers, nine being optimal for people who are working on nine, nine to five Monday to Friday. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then two thirds of, uh, of those experience issues with sleep, like um, insomnia or excessive uh, tiredness during the day when they should be more in- energetic. So in terms of sleep, we'll focus on that for a second. Are there any kind of tips and tools we can give people? People who maybe are coming off a night shift and going home when it's bright out that they can improve their sleep when they get home. Absolutely. So one of the big things is it might sound crazy is wearing a pair of sunglasses or dark shades when you're driving home, if the, particularly if the sun is up. Um, sunlight affects melatonin release. Blackout blinds is another one. Um, these are, this is all evidence based research, not mm-hmm. just here. Try this uh, a holistic approach. But um, blackout blinds um, and minimizing uh, light exposure coming into the room at nighttime, uh, wearing an eye mask, um, having a sleep routine so that when you get home, particularly if you've had a stressful night at work, you might have had a particular traumatic incident, that you have this little routine um, where it might be you might listen to five or 10 minutes of relaxing music. Um, you might have a, a warm, soothing, decaffeinated drink, um, or you might even take a bath before you go to bed. Nothing too strenuous on the body. Uh, we, I wouldn't recommend um, partaking in any exercise before sleep, uh, particularly after a night shift. You're not trying to stimulate the brain. Um, a big thing as well, which contradicts certain, um, I suppose, nutrition programs is never go to bed hungry on night shift. So your body is naturally colder um, when you're on night. You've, um, many people experience um, that they're, they're, they're cold, basically, after uh, working throughout the night. So it's your body um, burns more calories trying to stay warm. So a big thing is to eat something small before you go to bed um, so that you'll sleep longer and you won't wake up, obviously, earlier from the hunger. Um, so another important factor is um, the human growth hormone is released when we sleep. So if we don't get enough sleep, that is not released. So it's important um, to also fuel that hormone. So uh, we recommend a slow release protein before you go to bed, particularly after night shift. So maybe a bowl of oats and a bit of milk or something like that, um, just so that you're not going to bed on empty um, and that you can really reap the rewards from a full night's sleep or day's sleep, as we call it. Great tips, because we see that all the time. People are asking us about sleep off, off shifts and they're really simple tips to apply, which is fantastic. Folks, you're listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Lay Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to have Debbie O'Reilly chatting all things shift worker health with us. We've looked at sleep. The other question we see a lot is about food during a shift work, how to manage it, uh, what to eat, what not to eat, how to eat better. So planning, I presume, is one of the big things there. Absolutely. Well, I'm planning is kind of my thing. Everything goes back to planning. But it, it, I would imagine it's important to map out and plan out your food somewhat heading into a, big, a shift, especially at night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a big thing is quick grab meals um, and when you're at home kind of quick prep meals but that you're eating and prepping micronutrient dense meals so that you're not just buying something um, pre-made in the shop and throwing it in the microwave but that you can actually prepare your meals but you can do it quickly because a big thing with shift workers especially when they're in the middle of their shifts their their working week is is time so you might come home from work after 12 14 16 hour shift depending on the day uh, and you just don't have time and you don't have the energy to to cook a big meal so the big thing i would recommend is is quick 10 minute, no more than 10 minute prep meals, which you, which is achievable. It might not be optimal, but it, it's fine when you're working three to four days in block. You can concentrate then on your slow, slow cooked, you know, slow cooker meals on your yeah. days off and, and all of that. And you can still get your, your micronutrient rich foods that way. Um, another thing is bring plenty of snacks with you to work, especially if you're... Um, 
working in the frontline service where you might be out in the road in a car or an ambulance all day um, and that you're not getting home to your fridge. That's where we notice an awful lot of um, clients um, come to us and I know from personal experience you stop at a petrol station you grab a coffee and you grab a bar you know, it's and that very difficult to not grab a bar at a petrol station exactly so well, they're getting better slowly, slowly but surely there's more nuts and kind of seeds and stuff around that you, that you can grab but I, when you watch people in petrol stations and particularly people who you know are on shifts they come in you can almost see them and they're going for the caffeine and they go with the, the bar that goes with it and it is difficult yeah in terms of your own um food for a shift what would that look like just to give people an idea of kind of what you would eat for a normal shift and how you plan it out yeah so I'll try and plan um just a day in advance I'm terrible if I tell myself that I have to have a chicken curry on Wednesday I won't want to come Wednesday um I think safety is a big thing with food so even when we do programs with people we uh, offer multiple choices so that you're not restricted to eating the same thing every day because you need to have enjoyment out of food as well it is our little comfort especially when you're having a long day at work so for me uh, a big thing I'll, I'll always have eggs for breakfast because because it's scientifically proven that if you eat a protein, you'll be fuller for longer. Um, so I'll have maybe an omelette for breakfast or I'll have a couple of boiled eggs with some bacon and some avocados and some healthy fats uh, in there with your with your saturated fats. And I'll have an element of carbohydrates as well, because we know they're not they're They are not the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to keep them low glycemic so that um, I ha- regulate my blood sugar levels throughout the day. Um, that is a big thing with shift workers is trying to keep their blood sugar levels as steady as possible. Um, so that you're not having this rapid upsurge uh, or spike in sugar levels from eating um, convenience, high GI foods. Um, so I'll eat around what I personally what I do um, is I'll eat my breakfast, but I'll actually eat it a little bit later. So I might have it around 11 or 12 o'clock because I adapt a time restrictive eating lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So which we can we can chat about later. So I'll have my my lunch or, or my breakfast or brunch, as you call it, around 11 or 12 o'clock and then uh, three or four if, if it's possible. I'll have a lunch, um, might be a salad or um, I might actually have a dinner just depending on my my, my cycle um, and, and what time I'm going to go to bed at. And then I might eat again in the the, the evening. Um, I might have something a little bit smaller. Um, so I try and eat, as I said, low glycemic cold foods, try and minimize processed foods as best as possible. It's not always feasible. There are times if we get a call and we end up the other side of the country, I am going to have to grab convenient food mm-hmm. from a petrol station because that's where you're going to stop. You, you've you only got five minutes to, to stop, but you can make healthy choices there. There's a salad bar option or there's, there's they, they almost give you the nutritional content of every food now. Mm-hmm. And they're not, um, they haven't started doing calories and macronutrients yet, but we know that might be coming down the line in the future. Okay, so um, choice, is a, choice is a big thing. And taking yeah. personal responsibility for staying on track in terms of, you know, to, to map out your goals outside of what you do work-wise and then making the best choices when you do get time during that shift. Absolutely. In terms of what you're going to choose, whether it's a healthy option or the unhealthy yeah. option. And that very much comes back to personal responsibility. Absolutely. And one thing that I've done in the last two or three years, which I didn't do before, and as I said, everything here that I speak about is true trial and error. Mm-hmm. I bring a lunchbox like every child brings in primary school I bring a lunchbox to school to, yeah. to, school, <laughs> to, to work on the ambulance with me um, and I will have snacks I will have my little cheat snacks as you call them um, and if I want a little bit of chocolate I'll have the chocolate yep. as opposed to avoiding it or trying to go for maybe uh, a protein bar that has lower carbohydrate content just to f- f- just to fuel my 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 craving mm-hmm. whereas I would rather just have that bit of chocolate get over it uh, enjoy it and then get back on track you know we, we need those little 
Personal 80 mindset. 20. We do. Yeah, yeah particularly. Absolutely. Yeah. And when, when absolutely. things are busy and stressful and all of that, yeah. that little bit of 80 20 goes a long way. Well, I have chocolate every single day. So it sounds crazy, but I factor it in. I have a little bit of chocolate every day with a cup of tea. And if not, um, my life would not be worth living. So yeah. it's it's our little um it's our little comforts and that's okay. It's factored in. I'll have done a, a day's work or I'll have done a little bit of exercise, I'll have eaten well all day and I'll have a small bit of chocolate. And are there any kind of fluid tips then in terms of hydration for shift workers, maybe towards the end of the shift when they're when they're heading home for things not to have or things to have during the shift? Yeah, hydration is a huge thing, actually, that we talk about. The saying goes for everybody, mm-hmm. not just shift workers, but um, particularly um, like firefighters and paramedics where there's physical exertion there. Um, so uh, hydration is hugely important. I wouldn't say to somebody to drink two litres of water a day. What I do say is um, drink until your pee is mm-hmm. a is a pale yellow and um, there's obviously some multivitamins there that will will discolor your urine um, and to know that one hour of exercise leads to um, or vigorous exercise leads to about a litre of fluid loss um, so when you're think, talking about a firefighter who's wearing you know the, the, the BA gear and fighting a fire that's such physical exhaustion and exertion for that hour that they need to really um, keep an eye on hydration so they've mm-hmm. lost over a litre of fluids um, in one hour so also another way of looking at it is if you go to the gym and you work your your, your backside off for an hour and then you weigh yourself and you're a kilo lighter it's it's water weight you've lost so you need to keep an eye on that and obviously electrolytes um, as well so what we always say is if you're Thirsty, you're 1% dehydrated, so never be thirsty. Um, and tips, again, for the ambulance or if you're in a squad car or you're on a fire engine or you're in A&E or wherever you may be is um, drink out of a palatable cup. Um, like, buy yourself a nice flask. Um, mm-hmm. Something that is palatable, you're more inclined to to, to drink out of it, you know. Yeah, that's the, that, that's the healthy environment Absolutely. component. So I suppose the key thing there is thirst. If you're thirsty, drink more water. And if in terms of urine color to track that over the course of your shift. And if it's yellow, obviously you drink more water until it's kind of not necessarily clear, but there thereabouts yeah, is a really good guideline. So not only have, have shift work's been a key component of what you've done work-wise over the course of the last nine years, but it's also become something kind of business-wise for you now in terms of the fit, fit emergency. So tell us a little bit about that and where people can kind of find out about that. Yes. So the Fit Emergency Challenge, I set it up in late 2018. Um, Originally, I wanted to help my own colleagues. So paramedics, call takers, EMTs, advanced paramedics uh, working for the National Ambulance Service. Um, So what we're trying to do is is grab them, grab people while I suppose, grab people while they're still fresh, as opposed to them coming to us um, when they're already ill or injured or, you know, um, severely overweight and it's affecting work. So we're trying to get them at the early on stage. Um, the Fit Emergency Challenge, it benefits everybody. It's not a, a weight loss program. It absolutely is a part of it, but you could have somebody who's super fit but just is having issues with sleep or how to eat correctly during shift work and things to do to minimise the effects. Um, so we set up the challenge. Initially, it was a, a 12-week program, but um, we learned from that that maybe five weeks is a little bit better and then we run a second one and a third one. So we take on anybody working in the frontline service in Ireland or abroad. And people want to find out more about it. Is there an Instagram page or anything? There is, yeah. The Instagram page is Fit Emergency. Um, and the website, it's through my my other business at the moment, which is Performance Nutrition. It's through NutriFit, N-E-W-3-F-I-T.ie. It's a bit of a play on words. Um, Twitter, The Fit Emergency. Um, Facebook, Fit Emergency will will find us. Okay. Or through the NutriFit 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, okay, and, so and you Twitter. Can, you can Google Fit Emergency or NutriFit and you'll find information on everything there. Debbie O'Reilly, thank you so much for joining us on the Real much. Health Podcast. Much appreciated. Folks, some really good tips there, not just for shift workers, but just for people generally in terms of that sleep routine, the sleep pattern, the fluid, the urine, color check, all of that. Really, really good tips for health. As ever, if you have any questions, you know where we are. We're at realhealth at independent.ie or at Carl Henry PT on Twitter and on Instagram. As ever, folks, have an amazing week. Listen and apply some of the tips that we brought to you this week with our fantastic guest, Debbie O'Reilly. And we're back next week with more tips and tools to improve your health. Slonga fall and have a great week. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.